And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. High in the air. Brito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 153 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly. And Andy, I have a fun one for you today. 153 regular season games played by the 1921 New York Giants. A hundred years ago, they played 153 regular season games. They won the World Series. Where is your uh, 100th anniversary piece on that? Ooh, uh, I'm still working on that. But I thought you were going to call back to 153 home runs they hit last night. Um, (laughs) That's where I thought you were going to go with that. So so why was it 153? They must have had a rain out or something. Or or maybe everyone got cholera for the day. Or that's why they didn't (laughs) play the 154th game. Let's see. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, rickets. Uh, They all had rickets. Um, but ah, <laughs> and now only the Cubs have rickets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch. Oh, boy. Uh, zing. Um, what record did the 1921 Giants set that will never, ever, 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 ever be matched by another team? Um, I, I don't know. Oh, those were the Balkan Giants, weren't they? Didn't they have a bunch of box? I don't know. What, what's what's the record? Five World Series wins. Oh, five World Series wins. Did, best is that of when, nine. Is that when they play the best of nine? Okay, got it. Best of nine. Best of, yeah, I also would have accepted a bullpen uh, where the names of their four relievers were Rosie, Slim, Rube, and Red. No joke. Rosie, Slim, oh. Rube, and Red. That's nice. I like All that. All right, but we're not here to talk about the 1921 Giants. We're here to talk about the 2021 Giants. And yeah, they're hitting a lot of dingers. Uh, it's getting kind of ridiculous at this point, right? I mean, I thought your piece was pretty chock full of fun facts. Um, and the craziest thing is that they're on pace to set all of these home run records, and nobody's on pace to hit 30. I mean, it's you know, they, they had a guy hit 70 home runs for the Giants, and, and this Giants team will out-homer them, but nobody is on pace to hit 30. It's like, it's impossible for anyone besides Barry Bonds to ever hit 30 home runs for the Giants ever again, um, and yet they are the homer-happiest team in the major leagues. And, I mean, it's it really is fascinating. A lot of its depth has to be because it's coming from all different sources. The ballpark is, is obviously playing a bit livelier, but still not a band box. Uh, and... Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's like they waved a magic wand and, and said, "Okay, all of you will have the ability to hit home runs at will," and they're doing it. It's something that's hard for me to wrap my 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 brain around because you think about the Giants, and the Giants have a long legacy of home run hitters. They had Willie McCovey, Orlando Cepeda, and Willie Mays in the same lineup for years. They had Will Clark, Matt Williams, and Kevin Mitchell in the same lineup. They had Barry Bonds and Will Clark in the same lineup. I mean, they they have had home run hitters 
and they've had plenty of them. So to have all this home run success without a 30 home run hitter, uh, it, it was breaking my brain a little bit. And when I did the on pace home run stats, uh, what I noticed is that, okay, so two years ago, almost to the day, I wrote an article about, hey, is this the year the Giants have a 20 home run hitter? Because there was, uh, I believe, five, six year stretch where they did not have a single batter with 20 or more home runs. This year, they have a chance to have eight. And that's the difference. I mean, they have <laughs> six who are on pace for 20 or more. And then they have Darren Ruff and Alex Dickerson uh, on pace for 18. So they could have eight 20 home run hitters. That's the difference. It's just spreading around the lineup. And Evan Longoria has been out forever. And he's sitting on, what, nine home runs? And, and he can very well, uh, you know, come back and have a, a little rip off a little bit of a streak, too. And, and, and I mean... What do you, what are the big biggest factors for you? Is it personnel? Is it ballpark? Is it hitting instruction? As you're sort of taking this um, twenty thousand foot view and trying not to get hit by a home run while you're up there, <laughs> what do you think the biggest factors are? You know, someone tweeted at me. It's got to be the ballpark, and I I want to study that because it, when I usually when you study ballpark dimension changes and. It, the Giants' dimension change was not that substantial. You know, it's not like they brought the fences in 20 feet. They brought them in eight in center field. They brought them in just a little bit. Uh, so it's not, I would say they've gained five, maybe 10 home runs. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. It can't explain the whole power surge. What I look at is someone like Buster Posey. And I look at Brandon Crawford. And Buster Posey last night, we're recording this on Thursday, so on Wednesday night, uh, he hit an opposite field home run, just an absolute laser to right field. And that's not like where he usually hit his home runs. That's not a typical right-handed home run for anyone. And so when you see Posey and Crawford kind of leading this power surge, you have to think it's the coaching, right? Because these are the guys who are around for uh, 2014, 2015. I mean, the years when they weren't hitting a lot of home runs, it's the same players. It's three-eighths of the same lineup. And now they're doing it. It's got to be the context of the league, the year, the era, but also the coaching. I was talking with Donnie Ecker in Arizona last week, and he said, what are some of the things that you are curious about? What are some of the things that stand out to you about this team? And I said, well, from a hitting standpoint, I mean, it's the power. And in particular, it's where the power is coming from. And uh, I said, you know, how do you coach up a Lamont Wade Jr. to be able to do what he's doing to inside pitches that he hasn't done in the past? And he said, well, you know, they opened up his stance a little bit, you know, made some tweaks to get his swing started a bit earlier so he can cover the inside portion of the plate. And then uh, I asked about Buster Posey. I said, well, you know, what are some of the things that, that he's doing that are different? Because there are times when I swear I'm looking at him and I'm, I'm seeing Justin Turner. You know, he's got that little back. Bend. He's got the, the bat pointed straight up. You know, his hands are in front of him now. His hands are a little bit higher or sometimes they're a bit lower. And I'm like, this is a big change. This is really different from the Buster Posey we've seen where he's, you know, kind of in a little bit more of a crouch. And Donnie said, well, yeah, he's standing a little more upright. But one very simple thing that he's doing, and you can see a lot of Giants hitters are doing it, is they're holding their bat upright. So basically it's, uh, you know, perpendicular to the ground, essentially. And one of the things he said is when you hold your bat that way, there's no lag in it. So your bat it actually feels lighter and you're able to start your bat and it feels lighter because you know, you're know you not feeling the weight of it when you're holding it and it's perpendicular to the ground. And I thought, okay, I think I understand that. If you were to hold a bat and then tilt it 45 degree angle, 
your wrists would be working harder, right? And so to get your bat started from that position takes a little bit more effort. And um, did they re- break baseball? Did they figure it out? Did they f- <laughs> is that well? That's that's it. We we were just holding our bat wrong all this all this time. I don't know enough about hitting to really really know that. But it's something that you see a lot of guys doing, and it seems to be working. And it's something you see a lot of the Dodgers doing. Um, and there's a reason the Dodgers are right there where they are in the standings, even though Mookie Betts hasn't been Mookie Betts. Cody Bellinger has not been Cody Bellinger. They've had a ton of injuries. A lot has not gone right for the Dodgers, but they're still getting a lot of the production up and down the lineup as well. Uh, and I think that they're probably the Giants are tapping into a lot of the things that the Dodgers have been doing. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Confession time. I recently watched like an hour long video about Mario Kart speedrunning and Mario Kart world records. And it's almost it's applicable here because what you're doing is you're trying to find a millisecond. You're trying to find a millisecond in a field where you think it's all been explored and you're just trying to find that one millisecond edge. And when you're talking about 60 feet, six inches away, you want that bat to have an extra millisecond. And if it's because the bat is perpendicular to the ground, uh, it Gosh, that makes sense. You know, you're just trying to find it however you get it. And if you can shave off just the tiniest incremental amount, you're going to get to the ball quicker. Your, your swing decisions will be, pay, will pay off more. Um, you know, this, this spring when Lamont Wade was taken in a bat in a televised Cactus League game, I was watching him because, hey, new player, I'm interested in, in, in what he can do. And he took a swing that was really violent and just in the zone and it looked pretty it looked powerful and i said gosh this guy's got to have some power like this that's a that's a violent powerful swing and then i looked up his stats his minor league stats his college stats he hit uh let's see seven home runs at maryland a total over three years he never topped 11 home runs in the minors he hit 11 once when he was 24 between double a AA and triple a and I, I had to check myself i said no 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 all right this guy doesn't have power you're seeing a mirage you don't know what you're talking about the Giants saw it. They they saw it and they said, okay, let's add some violence into that swing because you already have the plate discipline. You already have the, the strike zone judgment. And they're getting it. They're getting it from players like Lamont Wade Jr. Yeah, and that what you're describing reminds me of you know, Cody Bellinger in high school. Hit, what, mm-hmm. one home run? And mm-hmm. and it, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for athleticism. Do you have the athleticism to pull off that kind of swing and do it over and over and over again You know, without you know throwing your back out? And uh, it's intent. It's all about intent and the intent to do damage and that's that's what we're seeing last year i wrote about luis alexander basabe and it wasn't really about him 
it was more about just the what the Giants might be looking for in a young player. And it's this idea, it's it's a tool, it's like an underrated tool, that ability to wait as long as possible to swing because you can recognize the difference between a breaking ball and a fastball. It's just such an imperceptible skill. It's what Jeff Francoeur never had. It's what, when you see a player like that, when you see a player who can really recognize that spin and gain those extra milliseconds from their swing decision, that's when you start getting guys like Yastrzemski. That's when you start getting guys like Lamont Wade Jr. And so in the past, you would have uh, previous iterations of baseball teams looking for toolsy players, the guys who can run fast, the guys who could, uh, you know, hit the ball the farthest. But now it's like this hidden skill of just picking up the ball out of the pitcher's hands. Uh, you know, the Mookie Betts thing where the Red Sox said, hey, this guy's brain is working differently. He can recognize all this stuff quicker. It's the new skill and the Giants seem adept at picking it up. I think that you've seen this in how they have just sort of, you know, gone after personnel, whether it's in the draft or whether it's people they try to acquire for the major league roster. They look for the hit tool and not the power tool. They figure they can polish up the power tool. But if you don't have um, play discipline, pitch recognition, those are things that are harder um, to teach. And and I don't know, Grant, why you have to pick on Jeff Francoeur. I mean, this guy was front and center in a Giants World Series photo uh, at, at the White House. So, you know, <laughs> a lasting place in Giants lore. He was arms locked with Kensuke Tanaka. They were there to, um, uh, to uh, you know, pay homage to what the Giants had done. And yes, all-time great Giant Jeff Francoeur. Oh, man. I just referenced him recently because it was... Uh, uh, the I think the 10th anniversary of, oh, yeah, it was in the brawl piece, the Phillies brawl. It was recently the 10th anniversary of Jeff Francoeur Day when the Giants lost a miserable extra innings game to the Mets. I can't remember. It was like 15 innings and just lost in the most brutal fashion. And then you wake up and it's like, by the way, the Giants have Jeff Francoeur now. He's going to fix everything. Don't worry about his 571 OPS with the Royals. He's probably going to be better with the Giants. It was such like a seminal moment because it just made Giants fans realize, well, 2010 happened but that's it. It's never going to happen again. Yeah, and then Orlando Cabrera said, hey guys, can I come too? Uh, <laughs> oh, that yeah. was a funny season. It's just, that was it, 2010. Be happy for it because it was never going to happen again. Oh, weird times. Yeah, weird times. yeah, 2011. They, it's, it is pretty amazing though because, you know, the Giants have made some moves this year that are very, very depthy moves, you know, like, uh, you know, there's not a whole, re- a whole lot of reason to think that Tyler Chatwood's going to be a difference maker this season, but you have to cover yourself. But overall, they just haven't given innings or plate appearances to people that you're like, oh my goodness, this is where we're at. This this is how we're going to cover this. You know, I mean, it's been it's been a quality person, pretty much uh, um, covering every inning, covering every uh, every plate appearance. Uh, that's it. All adds up. It all adds up to maybe over 100 wins, which is crazy. This is a very very good point because if you're looking at the players who have had the fewest at bats for the Giants. Uh, this season, you're getting guys like Jason Vossler. I could make an argument for Jason Vossler on a 26-man roster, on a normal team, not just a rebuilding team. I could make that argument. Uh, you get Chadwick Trump. I think I could make an argument for Chadwick Trump as a backup catcher on a normal team, not a bad team, but a normal team. Every at-bat has gone to someone, with the exception of the one plate appearance to Skybolt. And maybe you're not the biggest Skybolt fan, and maybe you don't think he could crack a 26-man roster. I don't know. Debatable. 
But like everyone else, is, I see their place on a normal 26-man roster. That's the depth that I have i don't remember ever seeing because there's always like a guy, capital A, capital G. There's a guy who, oh gosh, what is this guy doing here? On the 2021 Giants, I mean, not there, certainly not in the lineup at least. You know, I don't know what Sky Bolt is doing right now, but let's just assume that, you know, two weeks from now he's, um, I, I don't know, um, oh, gosh, uh, working um, working the register at a, a 7-Eleven, um, whatever he may be doing with his life. Um, if the Giants and A's were to meet in the World Series, guaranteed World Series ring for Sky Bolt. How about that? Uh, Doesn't matter what he's doing. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, that is a good point. That is, uh, who Who are the players that, I mean, the Benji Molina is obviously one of them. Is there another player? I feel like there's another kind of random yes. player who had that chance. Give me, give me. Lonnie Smith. Come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. I believe he played for both the Royals and the Cardinals in 1985. Oh, man. Lonnie Smith. Now, uh, if you are a John Boyce fan, and why would you not be? Google Lonnie Smith and John Boyce because he does a whole stinking video, 23 minutes of just Lonnie Smith appreciation. Uh, one of the more interesting characters in baseball. Yeah. And uh, and it, wait, did he change his name to Bob? Is that what happened? <laughs> no. It's different from the Bob deep dive. This is just Lonnie Smith. It's 100% Lonnie Smith, but yeah, we we definitely need more Bobs in the world, and uh, I'm the son of a Bob. Listen, some of my best friends are Bobs, so hey, I, I, I'm in on it. We need more Bobs. I think in baseball, we're down to Bob Nightingale, and that's basically it, but um, uh, yeah, John Boyce, a great chronicler of the Bobs in the sporting world and the erosion of the Bobs. However, I don't remember if it was on this podcast or if it was on a KNBR appearance, but I referred to Diamondbacks um, reliever Taylor Clark as Bobby Clark. Um did huh. I do that? With, did I do that on the podcast? Or I don't maybe, think so. No, I think it may have been with Tolbert or one of those guys on KNBR. And I, I'm like, oh, it's Clark. I don't know his first name. I'm going to go with Bobby. And then I realized, oh no, Bobby Clark has much fewer teeth than Taylor Clark. He was the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers uh, hockey player uh, in like the 1980s. So um, apologies to Taylor Clark for for ruining his his dental work. By naming a Bobby. Oh, that is funny. That is funny. All right, but let's talk about just so the Giants are fourteen and two against the Diamondbacks. I, I mean, you can't. You have. I'm torn between saying, "Well, of course, you know, everyone can beat the Diamondbacks," and also between like, "No, you have to beat the the teams, bad teams, good teams. You have to beat all of them, not everyone." The Dodgers aren't fourteen and two against the Diamondbacks. The Padres aren't fourteen and two against the Diamondbacks. Like, you shouldn't take away bonus points from the Giants, right? Um, no, you shouldn't. And also, if you're a Giants fan that goes back more than a couple of years, you also realize that the universe kind of owes them this because of what the Atlanta Braves did against the Colorado Rockies in 1993, where basically they uh, kind of steamrolled them and the Rockies did the Giants no favors. Um, so, but yeah, looking at uh, the Diamondbacks overall record. Hey, look at this. The Diamondbacks are five and one against the Reds. What were the Reds doing? Um, wow. I have no idea. They're two and 11 against the Dodgers. They're two and 14 against the Giants. They're four and eight against the Padres. They've been pretty bad against everybody. Okay. Hey, six and seven against the Rockies. Ooh, tune in. You never know what's going to happen in a Diamondbacks Rockies game. Could go either way. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's a weird one. The Reds, they're 5-1 and one against the Reds. You, you never know. You, you, you hit a team when they're, they're hot or you get their pitchers at the wrong time. Um, they can be a problem. And I, I thought that Arizona would be a better team in the second half. Maybe they will be. But the Giants have just 
kind of had the, had their magic uh, number this year. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We've talked about the Diamondbacks perhaps more than they deserve. I just, it, it's, Dave Fleming it was mentioning last night. Uh, I believe Mike Kruka was agreeing. It just seems like the best, worst team you'll you'll ever see. Like, they are so bad. They are on pace to lose, you know, well over 100 games. And you, every time you see a hitter up, it's like, ah, oh, sheesh, not this guy. Or, oh, oh man, they got to get Kettle Marte out. Oh boy, you know, it's Carson Kelly. It's, uh, you know, I know Nick Ahmed isn't hitting, but at the same time, you, it's not like you're saying, oh, this guy's an easy out. Like throughout the lineup, it's, it, they should not be that bad. They shouldn't lose two out of six or win two out of 16 games against the Giants. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, maybe we don't need to talk about the Dynamax any bit anymore, but, uh, they're a fascinating team to me. You know, there's got to be something else going on behind the scenes. And we know that that it's a bad situation with with um, uh, Mike Hazen, their GM, and everything he's going through in his family. Um, you know, his wife is, is battling cancer, and uh, he's had to step away. This is just not the time that you fire a manager. Um, but I think that in almost any other circumstance, Tori Lavolo would have been relieved of his duties by now. By all accounts, he's a really good guy. They've done a lot of weird stuff that I just don't understand. And there was something even very small. Nick Ahmed, when he got thrown out uh, by Mike Yastrzemski at third base, just an awesome throw and an awesome tag by Chris Bryant um, to throw him out at third base. A big play in that game. Um, you know, he does the headphones thing and, and wants them to look at it. They don't look at it. And he just he just made a big pouty gesture. Like, I can't believe he did. And it just to me, that kind of rung like, okay, there's there's something going on with this team where they're not quite on the same page, uh, whether it's players and management or, or with each other or, or what. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there is enough talent there that they could get they could get it turned around and and, uh, and maybe be a factor in the division sooner than, than we think. Uh, but that's all going to be contingent on them getting more inputs from their minor league system because we know this is not a team that's going to go out and and spend you know 200 million on players so um yeah i think we all expected the diamondbacks would be a little more middle of the road than they've been this year um but uh you know i think i'd rather be the diamondbacks than the rockies yeah it is uh you know the one thing that the giants fans can look forward to when the diamondbacks come in other than the all the winning is you know cheering for madison Baumgartner because that was really really cool you know he soaked it up he had uh you know he tried to do the thing where he he tipped his cap a little bit in the dugout like all right, all right cut it out guys and then he got he got kicked out uh by his teammates said no 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 take the curtain call um it feels like it's been a while like the giants fans have had uh, that pent up for a while. They've wanted to cheer Bumgarner for whatever reason, you know, uh, there's a pandemic or he's just not in the rotation. Um, or not in the, he's not one of the probable pitchers, one of the starting pitchers against the Giants. They haven't had that chance to really get after it and, and cheer Madison Bumgarner and let him know that he was appreciated. Uh, it was a nice moment and it also kind of made me think, boy, he would really look good with the Giants right now in their needs. Like that. <laughs> he would be such a good fit in so many ways. Yeah, you're right. And he's one of the, what, 10 uh, or nine pitchers who've gone seven innings against them. I mean, he pitched well when he pitched against them. And, 
you know, it'll be interesting to see if he alters his pitch mix more or if he listens to some of the suggestions because I guess he and Dan Heron did not get off to the best start, um, you know, when it came to really trying to think through what he does and how they can match that with analytics. And I'll be honest, I, I really don't know if Madison Bumgarner would have been the best cultural fit on this Giants team because, sure. uh, you know, it's we don't want to talk about it because, you know, we lionize the people who have done uh, such great things for the franchise. But Madison Bumgarner got to do pretty much whatever he wanted uh, under Bruce Bochy. And uh, he got Buster Posey to catch every one of his starts. He got to skip FanFest. He got to, I mean, he, he reached a station in life where it was like, okay, I'm not being paid uh, like a superstar, but, you know, I'm going to get the superstar treatment. And I don't know if that would have flown so well on this team. This team is just has such an unselfish ethos. And I don't know. I just, I, I think that probably culturally it was a, a good idea to let Madison Bumgarner go too. I, I know no one wants to hear that, but I, I, I kind of feel that's true. I don't disagree uh, at all. I think those are all excellent points. I wonder, just there's that little part of me, that broken part of my brain that wonders if there could be like a, a Pablo Sandoval sort of, not humbling, but perspective. I think when Pablo Sandoval came back to the Giants, it was as a different player in a different role with a different perspective, uh, maybe a different appreciation of what the, the Giants experience meant to him. Is there a chance at some point that I, there, there could be a Bumgarner reunion with the Giants? I guess never say never. No, I guess never say never. I mean, uh, you know, toward the end of his contract, I would imagine the Diamondbacks will probably if they're in a position where they're not contending, they'll they'll try to find a way to shake free of some of that obligation. And um, and maybe if he's a guy who who can offer quality innings, then um, the Giants will see an opportunity. Uh, it's it's possible. I, I would never put anything past this front office. I think that they are as open minded as as any baseball executives I've ever been around um, to find value. Um, wherever they can. And if that value could lie in some innings from Madison Bumgarner um, at a reduced rate, then, then yeah, I, I think they would be open to that. I guess this is the front office that literally had Pablo Sandoval and Hunter Pence on the team last year. Like, yeah, right. 13 months ago. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's talk about just a little bit about Chris Bryant, because first, um, this is a little uh, spawn con, a little sponsor content, because we're supposed to mention the Tops Project 70 card of Chris Bryant in a Giants uniform. It's available at tops.com. And it's done in the style of 1977 tops. So you picked up on it right away. You saw the picture and said, oh, 1977. I picked up on it right away, uh, 1977. I don't know why. How how do brains work where we can, like, I don't know how to, uh, like, I don't know anything about physics or chemistry. I don't understand, like, how the sun works. Uh, but I can look at a card and go, oh, 1977 tops. Cool, cool design. Well, it's fusion energy, uh, Grant. That's how the sun works. Um, we get the heat and, and light and all the things that keep us alive because of things like hydrogen and helium. Um, but yes, uh, to, to your point, 1977, uh, you, you see the little little pennant flag on the right upper right-hand corner. And I don't know why I recognize that off the bat as well. I, I was too. I was not collecting baseball cards in 1977. I was not doing much of anything other than eating and pooping in 1977. And yet, um, I, I instantly recognized that as a callback to 77. But you know, it's it's a contemporary card because in 1977, they did not have wraparound Oakley shades, which Chris Bryant is sporting in his Giants uniform. And yeah, it still is a bit strange to see Chris Bryant in a Giants uniform, but there he is. Buddy, all I'm doing is eating and pooping now. 
That's, <laughs> that's my entire brand. No, it's good. But it's a, it's a good look. It's by artist Blake Jamison. Check it out. Tops.com. Um, but it kind of leads us into Chris Bryant had his walk-off moment. He had... Uh, there was some controversy about whether it was a hit or an air. I'm on the air side of the fence. I think it was, you have to make that play. Christian Walker booted it. Um, but at the same time, it was hit very hard because Chris Bryant hits baseballs hard. Uh, I, I am at this point 80-20 that the Giants are going to re-sign him. I, the more I watch him, the more I watch how the Giants are using him, deploying him, uh, third base, left field, uh, you know, center field. I just think he is going to be the guy that makes a little bit more sense. Like Chris Bryant doing that thing, maybe Brandon Crawford on a two-year deal, something that's not extending into 2062 or something like that. And you do that instead of going all in on Carlos Correa or all in on Corey Seager or something like that, I think you get someone like Bryant to just move around as you see fit. I agree. I think that if I were to place a wager, I'd say it's much more likely that Chris Bryant will be a giant going forward than not. Um, you know, the, he he's you wonder how the swing is going to age because there's a lot of athleticism in the swing. Um, it is a swing that, that maybe... Uh, there are some swings that are going to age very, very well and some, you know, maybe a little more problematic, but... Boy, you look at his his ability to get on base, his ability to start rallies. Um, again, we talk about the things that they um, they like, and that's um, versatility in the uh, basically to be able to play any defensive position, selflessness to to be willing to do that, and um, pitch recognition and having some potential potential for power. I mean, he checks all the boxes. And if there are ways that he's going to have to change because maybe some things aren't firing quite as quickly as as before, I think they're probably pretty confident that they've got the coaches who can help him through that as well. So, um, you know, this is a guy who maybe is not going to be in the prime, prime, prime of his career as he hits free agency. I think that normally the guys who hit free agency, they get the huge contracts like the Bryce Harpers are hitting free agency at like 25. Those guys are are kind of the unicorns. So, you know, he's not. He's going to be hitting free agency as a 30-year-old. But, um, you know, that may mean that they don't have to give him an eight-year contract. Uh, It may be something that's a little more um, reasonable. And uh, uh, you really seem like you get a sense that he likes it here. He likes uh, the environment. He likes the city. Uh, it's a close drive for his family to go see him basically anywhere uh, from Las Vegas. So yeah, I think this this makes uh, this makes a lot of sense for both sides. Yeah, no, it, it is a, a good point about the age. But one thing, one question I'll, I'll pose to you, and it's something that I just sort of thought of now, and maybe it's something I can write about. Hmm, is are the Giants more confident now in signing a guy like Bryant to play in his age 33, 34, 35-year-old seasons because they've seen what they can do with Belt, Crawford, Posey? Maybe they're not as scared of the older guys the as, as maybe they might have been five years ago. Is there like an increased confidence that comes with once you get the all-star talent, you can keep it going longer? Ooh, I think you, you're, you're going to start to... Uh warming up some hot content on this i can tell um mm, uh, yeah put it on the mic we'll go around um uh let's see uh yeah and i i would put darren ruff in that boat as well i mean uh, 
You know, it's they're they're getting a lot of production from guys over the age of thirty three and Evan Longoria, uh, Evan Longoria too. So, and they've got one more year of him. Um, I, I I really do feel like you know we talk about the shortstops and and there was so much talk about well they're going to have all this money coming off the books and is it going to be Carlos Correa or Seager or Story or Lindor? It turns out yes. Lindor's off the board and and the Mets maybe aren't so thrilled about his production so far. Um, but Javier Baez is out there too. I think the correct answer all along was probably Brandon Crawford, and we just didn't know it. Yeah. It's so funny how that worked out because it just – now when you're looking – you you thought all this money – and when you're thinking all this money, it's because you're, you're kind of implicitly saying, uh, well, they can afford to make an, a mistake on the later years of a monster deal, but that still shouldn't make the Giants feel comfortable. What if you could get a player who was a, a wildly popular fan favorite uh, who is playing at almost like an MVP level right now? What if you could magically get someone like that to – except a shorter term deal. And I think that's what the Giants might have with Brandon Crawford. It might be the most sensible uh, on all accounts. Yeah, it really, I I think they're going to spend their money on pitching. Uh, I think they're going to spend most of their money on pitching. And if they have to spend to bring Chris Bryant back, I think they will. Uh, We saw that they were willing to spend a lot to bring Kevin Gossman back. When they get players they believe in, uh, they're going to make investments in them. And, um, you know, they may not want to make super long-term investments, but they're going to spend money. And we know that they've got uh, uh, a lot to throw around this offseason. I don't think they're going to go out and just, you know, uh, supermarket sweep the the winter meetings. Um, but I do think that, you know, this is a team that's got a lot of resources. And I expect that they're going to be able to deploy them probably pretty efficiently, but also lavishly. Yeah, I've, I spent so long looking at the future of the payroll and going like, wow, after 2021, it really opens up. Never accounting for the fact that the Giants would pick up Buster Posey's option, that they would probably want to re-sign Brandon Crawford and give him a raise, that they would want to keep Evan Longoria. I mean, it was like all of this stuff is is so foreign to me compared to where I was at mentally even one year ago. Yeah, and one other guy that they have an option on, obviously, or wait, do they have an option on Johnny Cueto? I'm I'm, I'm actually now second-guessing myself. Gosh, I, I want to say they do, and that it's a, a big hunk of, a, of an option. It is, yes, it is a 22 million dollar team option with a five million dollar buyout so if you assume that basically makes him a 17 million dollar pitcher i don't know Maybe. yeah yeah well you know the he did just go on the injured list he's got a flexor strain which is oftentimes a precursor to tommy john but they say it's not a big deal cool. the way that they're casting this it sure seems like they're basically just putting him in in innings timeout and this is a load management thing to try to <laughs> To, to, you know, get him in the best position possible to be a difference maker down the stretch and, and maybe even in a, a long postseason run. So, But this is going to be a big couple of months for him. I'm sure he's got more baseball in him. Uh, I know how important it is from talking to him that he's moving up the ranks of, uh, you know, the Dominican pitchers all time in, in innings and wins and things like that. Um, we know that he's he's maybe one extra base hit from passing Bartolo Colon in career slugging percentage, which we know how vital that is. Um, um, so, yeah, this this is, you know, Johnny Cueto, I'm sure, wants to put himself in a position where he can pitch somewhere next year. And so this is uh, personally uh, a couple of pretty big months for him. Innings timeout. I love that. He was put in innings timeout. Yeah. Right. This has been episode 153 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. Uh, you learn new terms with us. Uh, we are a very valuable, valuable tool uh, for your everyday life. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back on Monday to talk about what the Giants did against the Rockies at Oracle Park. Usually it's good stuff, but I don't know. The way the Giants are rolling, it's like you don't want to get overly confident because you 
see them beat the Brewers, the Astros, the Dodgers, do what they're supposed to against the Diamondbacks, of course it would be the Rockies and Oracle Park that would get them, right? Uh, maybe. Just, um, yeah. Uh, the good part is that um, when you play the Rockies on the road, no dinger sightings. No, no dinger sighting. Well, the Giants will probably hit four or five. All right, this has been episode 153. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.